welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. This podcast, hosted by Kate Agnew and Marie Ferguson, will empower you to realize your professional dreams by giving you access to our global community of dietitians. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we'll educate you, inspire you, and help you create more impact as a dietitian. Welcome to Bite Size Chats with today's dietitians, Melanie McGrice and Nicole Dinan. It's so great to have you with us here today. Thank you so much for your time and joining us. Um, always love catching up with you and unfortunately it's on Zoom today, but I hope to get to Sydney and Melbourne maybe later this year. Um, fingers crossed um, to have a coffee in, in person. So I just wanted to check in with you both how you've been doing over the last few months and we'll start with you, Melanie. Uh, I have been busy <laughs> um, between, I guess, managing my team um, and Bub, plus all of the changes with COVID-19. So, um, yeah, we've had to take a lot of our face-to-face mm. events and face-to-face things that we do and mm. convert them onto online versions. Um, which is great that we can do that, but it also mm. means that we've had to re-strategize and mm. uh, and then create these new products, mm. which again will be great mm. uh, to have. But uh, it has been a busy few months. Mm. So you think you've been busier than ever, probably? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Been. <laughs> yeah. What about from a client perspective? Are you busier there as well, or how's that? I been? actually have had a significant increase in clients. Um, oh, wow. I know, and I actually feel almost a bit guilty when I know that so many other dietitians are struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know why mm. that is. Um, mm. My gut is that we already had a virtual practice established. Um, we have been doing some face-to-face consultations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I guess we have an established business. Um and I think we just modified our marketing to let people know, mm. like on our social media and on Google mm. and so forth, that we were open during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a lot of people have just, because they've had time at home, they've actually had the time to sit mm. down and go, yeah. oh, I actually, you know, this is a good opportunity yeah. for me to work on my health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, people have utilised mm. the time to be able to come in and have mm. consultations. So That's been, great. Yeah, I've been really busy. <laughs> yeah. I find that I do my catch-up list at Christmas, so that's probably what you're saying. It's people have got that time to actually investigate things they've had on their list for a long time. So Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, Nicole, I think you've been really busy too from what I understand. Yes, I have, and probably um, very much like Mel as well. So a little bit surprised, surprisingly so. Um, initially, um, I was still at my clinics working out of those, and then the doctors just got so busy that I just decided, along with the practice manager, to um, move to telehealth completely just to also give the practice a bit more space to manage all of the influx of clients for the GPs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I've just retained that since. So that's from the private practice perspective. Um, and similar to Melanie, like um, I, I probably had two weeks where it was a little bit quiet right at the start. Um, still seeing clients, but maybe just down 
probably about 20 or 30 percent uh, and then um, since then it's actually increased so I think I'm probably doing at the moment about four days private practice where I usually do two wow. um, yeah and it's all telehealth and it's all um, it's all sort of I think the same thing people have just now got some time to spend on themselves they're actually worried about their health this is mm. sort of giving them a bit of a wake-up call mm. and so this is um, you know the perfect time mm. and I'm finding that I'm actually doing more review consultations as well because people um, find this medium so accessible mm. that they just um, are happy to catch up in a week or, yeah. or two weeks whereas yeah. normally you know we might push it out to two or three weeks just because of the convenience of getting to the practice or whatever yeah. so yeah. i think that's probably increased the volume as yeah. well yeah that's great i know i'm personal training i would normally take me a half an hour each way to get there and now mm. i just do it at home <laughs> i don't think i'll ever go back <laughs> <laughs> I would too. yeah so it's probably changed the way that we practice and i think with my corporate business as well um we're probably down, or we were for a few weeks down about half a day a week, um, but the psychology service was really down, like it was down probably almost one and a half to two days a week. And they think that was because people just couldn't find the privacy to have those conversations from home mm -hmm. um, that were more sort of, mm -hmm. you know, emotional or whatever. But yeah. in terms of the the nutrition consults that's back up to normal um, and we're pretty much full for our four days again mm -hmm. um, the biggest surprising thing of the whole time has actually been the um, webinar service so you know there was we were doing on-site corporate services before um, you know here and there and whatever but literally the week after COVID hit and we're all at home um, I got booked in with 22 or 24 webinars um, to do in the next sort of four weeks like so oh, it was just awesome like, congratulations uh, Nicole. no it was just out of the blue it wasn't yeah. anything I did um, well, you had the setup there is yeah the that's thing right. that you've done like yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'd done the work before when the opportunity mm -hmm. comes yeah and I think that's yeah, important exactly. Mel Melanie is yeah being ready for these times you've done the work beforehand mm -hmm. yeah and also I'm supported with that you know through a third party so they sort of get the work I just do the work so um, that's that's really down to them and and also organizations wanting to support their employees at home during this time so that was just really fortunate that I had that diversity mm -hmm. in the business to have that mm -hmm. um, keep me going yeah so you've both talked about things that you've perhaps changed or doing um, more of. Did you start anything new in this period of time? Melanie, I think you started a, um, a lunch with you for new mums. Was that new um, in this period or were you already doing that? No, we were already doing oh, all okay. that. Okay. I just <laughs> so, noticed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, we haven't started anything new um, because we'd already had out, like we already map out a year in advance. Mm -hmm. um, but what we had to do was to change all of our live things to be mm -hmm. virtual. Um, and there was a few things that we've just pushed off till next year. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, we usually have our three-day uh, early life nutrition, so our nutrition therapy in fertility and pregnancy course for dietitians. Mm -hmm. um, we run that in Melbourne in June each year. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, with 
with COVID this year, we have been unable to do that. Um, we've had people asking us to run that online for years mm-hmm. and I've always said no because I love having it in a face-to-face format. I think there's a lot of advantages having it face-to-face, um, but it's given me the op- like the push to convert it into a, a digital format, which has been a lot of work, let me tell you, but that's fine. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're uh, selling that at the moment and we're actually, we're getting a great response. Like people mm. are really excited about it, which is fantastic. Um, so we'll see how that goes this year and then I'll make the decision about what we'll do next year whether we'll go back to the face-to-face format Mm -hmm. or whether we'll continue an online version Mm. next year but the exciting thing about it is that because it's now online um, it's not just for Australian dietitians anymore we've opened it up internationally Mm -hmm. we've had endorsement from the British Nutrition Association and New Zealand and South Africa we're currently working on America they have a bit more (laughs) um stringent guidelines as you know you've got to do across a lot of uh, t's and dot Mm -hmm. a lot of i's for Mm -hmm. for them but um we're in the midst of working on that at the moment Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's really exciting to be taking that international i think it's been a great time i've talked to lots of people about challenging assumptions that we might have had in the past about doing things a certain way and we've been able to challenge those assumptions so for us a dietitian connection we used to just do one webinar a month basically um and I was pretty strict about only doing that and you know we've been doing a couple (laughs) of months so it's something we'll be able to continue doing moving out the other side of COVID um well if I can interrupt and say um one assumption that I've been able to test during this time Mm -hmm. is I've always because we've been doing virtual consultations for years I've always wondered whether I need my rooms or not Mm -hmm. and um and so this has given me the opportunity to see whether we get rid of our room mm-hmm. um, and personally I've made the decision now that I do want to keep my room mm-hmm. um, as much as like uh, we'll continue doing virtual consultations but I also like to have that option and yeah I, I think it's fantastic so that question is now answered for me mm-hmm. which has been great mm-hmm. and that's more about being front-facing to your clients more so than staff or more staff yeah uh, both both yeah. um so the staff has been working really well um, virtually and so, I mean, we always had a flexible working relationship with our staff anyway that if they wanted to work from home or what have you, um, we do our Zoom calls uh, a couple of times each week and things and so, um, yeah, we were pretty established there mm-hmm. um, but I do like to have that hub where we can all come and join together mm-hmm. as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, And also having rooms means, so we take student placements from the universities and things. That's been really difficult to manage Mm -hmm. um, virtually uh, with the students um, because I feel like they miss out uh, a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of advantage for them being in the office with us and Mm -hmm. just being a little bit more about what we do, whereas they can't really watch over your shoulder all day on Zoom. Mm yeah. So, yeah, from that perspective, but then also from the client perspective, like, yes, Zoom is fantastic, but I just personally, I just don't think it's quite the same level of depth of relationship that you get when you mm-hmm. are speaking to somebody face to face. Yeah. What about you, Nicole? Have you started anything new or have you challenged any assumptions or got any new thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, 
Um, one thing I probably have never thought of is being able to work for different, you know, doctors' surgeries remotely. Um, never would have crossed my mind to do that. Um, and same as Mel, like I've had a, a telehealth practice for seven years, like I've been doing that for a long time. So it's not like it's not a com comfort zone for me, but um, I never really thought to apply that to my private practice as much as, you know, what I have obviously in the last couple of months. Um, but same, same um, outcome actually, like I think... Um, whilst some of my clients have asked if they can continue to do Zoom because they travel like so far, um, others are really keen to sort of get back into the office. And, and I think for me, um, it's just also good. Like I just really love that environment of the practice where like I can interact with you know, the doctors and, and the other allied health or nursing staff and even the reception staff, like everybody in there. Like I just really like being in, like you just feel like you're part of the family there. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually thinking of starting to go back um, maybe mid-June um, to do that and then just operate, you know, via Zoom if people want the Zoom consultation or just see them face-to-face -face if they want to come in. Um, but this time as well has also been interesting because the private practice has been more virtual. Like I've been getting referrals. Like I got a referral from Germany the other day. Like <laughs> just like, you know, just random things like that are happening. So you can like do that. Um, like you can really be anywhere. It doesn't matter, you know, who you're talking to. Um, but also for the students as well, I think, same same situation. you just got to actually, I think they'll get more value out of it if they can be on site with you and they can have that opportunity to talk to the client as well a little bit more freely. How does that work? Did you see that client in Germany? How does it work from an insurance perspective? I know in the US they can't even see people in a different state. Like do we oh, have... Right. Yeah. Well, um, it was actually through a forum. Um, one of my clients had responded to her question on a forum. Um, you know, does anyone know someone that can run an elimination diet? My, my client replied. So I've sent all the information that she needs and she's taking it to her insurance company now to see okay. Okay. What, okay. what can happen. So it hasn't actually happened yet. Got it. Um, I wonder from your insurance perspective, have you... Oh, yes. No, I haven't even given that any thought. Okay. Sorry, I'm always the legal <laughs> Nazi. <laughs> so just for those listening, That's you might want to check talk. that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's really a good, it's a good point to consider. Um, I just thought because it was telehealth, it would be covered. But, um, yeah, I will ask that question. So... A lot of people are moving to telehealth for the first time, dietitians. Would you have maybe one, your biggest tip, for them starting, um, Melanie or Nicole, if you need some time. Uh, yeah, I need <laughs> <laughs> my biggest tip. I know, Nicole, you've done a bit of a um, video for us on, if people haven't checked it out yet, on the Dietitian Connection YouTube. Nicole did a bit of a how-to guide on um, setting up telehealth. Yeah, but your question, is that more around, like, a tip for working with the client over telehealth? Yeah, whatever you think is the biggest thing people need to be aware of. 
Or the I just think that, like the, the connection with people is still really important. So I think, you know, actually, particularly in those first few minutes of the consultation, making the eye contact, um, really listening to them so that they they feel like you're there for mm. them. You're not kind of looking at your other screen and typing, you know, or whatever mm. too soon. Um so you've just established that connection. You've let them sort of tell their story. You've heard it and and then ask permission to take notes and then it, that becomes less important. But I think that connection part is even more key mm-hmm. because you have got the barrier of the screen. Yeah. And I think you've talked to me in the past, if I'm not mistaken, about that it actually is exhausting, like it takes a lot more energy to do it by telehealth and not to underestimate that energy yeah. that's involved in doing a telehealth consult. I think particularly at the beginning, like when you haven't done any, like when we started our phone service with corporate, we were talking to 10 clients a day over the phone and we were just all like literally lying on the floor by the end of the day. We were Mm. exhausted Mm -hmm. Um, because you do do have to concentrate. You've only, like because we were on the phone as well, you've only got one medium um, for interpreting everything. You haven't got any body language or anything like that. So. You're really paying attention more than ever. Mm. Um, so, so my little tip, mm-hmm. um, going on from that, would be to smile while you talk. Yeah. Yeah. I always I think, forget to smile <laughs> <laughs> because I think that people can hear that in your voice. Yeah, true. So. Great tip. Um, and you talked a little bit about your team, Melanie. Have you been doing anything in particular to keep them sort of supported during this time? Anything different to keep them motivated? Um, well, I think again, we had already had a lot of mm-hmm. things established, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just it's been quite fluid for us. And but it was nice to know that what we had in place has been so yeah. valuable. Yeah. Um, so we have a a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group for our team um, where we can comment and we can post bits and pieces and what Mm -hmm. have you. Mm -hmm. Um, We use a server whereby anybody can access any document already. Um, We use probably our favourite, favourite thing and uh, it's, it's like we already had loved it, but we love it even more now during COVID is um, we use an app called Voxer um, and it's great because it's just like, like it's just, you just, I just grab my phone and I have asked permission for, from my team that I can literally leave them a message at any time, day or night. So even in the middle of the night, all of them say that their phone is off overnight. Mm. So if, Bob wakes me up during the middle of the mm-hmm. night or something mm-hmm. and my brain's working, yeah. you know, running on work. Yes. I will little, and it's just like a little walkie-talkie. And yeah. so I can just leave the messages. We can do group messages. And I know like you can do it on a whole lot of different things, WhatsApp and yeah. again, Facebook and all those types of things. But um, it's good to have something that's separate just for work. So, you know, when you hear this particular buzz, mm. I know that it's a work thing. Yeah. Um, and so, and that might either mean that mm. I'm switching off from work at the moment so mm. I don't answer mm. or that um, I go, oh, okay, well, I'll just mm. deal with this. And it means that then, uh, again, I can be doing something else and just quickly hear their question and answer the question. So it's like somebody was walking into my office and saying, oh, Mel, um, could you please just mm. let me know the answer to yeah. so it's what just have you got audio. to this? 
yeah, you can send like text messages so okay. you can type okay. or you can send a picture or what have okay. you as well. Okay. okay. Like pretty much most apps can do everything yeah. these days. But yeah, it's like literally like a little okay. walkie talkie. How so do you we spell just, it? Voxer, V O X E R. Okay. Um, and yeah. it's a free app. Like you can get a pro version, but again, mm-hmm. we haven't needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so this is one from my amazing Amy <laughs> this morning mm-hmm. at seven o'clock, just making sure that you know that you have a nutrition assessment at 8 a.m. this morning. I'll be there with a smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so she checks up on me, which yeah, is great. That's awesome. And I replied, yes. I, well, actually, I didn't yeah. even reply. There's a little love heart. A little uh-huh. love heart. Yeah, okay. um, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's just really mm-hmm. handy. Yeah. Um, so we've had a lot of use of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the one change that we have started doing is our team meetings have become virtual. So where as we used to run them once a week in the office now we do them twice a week via zoom mm. we've been using audio messages too because i think it's really important to get the tone which doesn't come across with the text or the email messages yeah. except yeah. sometimes it doesn't actually work so boxer sounds like it's more reliable <laughs> yeah it's been great what about you nicole yeah I'm, i just wrote that down I'm i know i need to go yeah <laughs> I think I'll have to start getting commissions from them. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not a lot different. Um, maybe checking in with each other a little bit more frequently because um, all of the girls are working from home now for the corporate service. Um, but with my interns particularly, just, um, you know, keeping in touch with them regularly and doing Zoom, Zoom chats together because I've got two of them. Um, and they're sort of doing their uni work at the same time. So just making sure that, you know, they're managing with that and that's their priority and mm. anything else is just, you know, as they can sort of fit it in. Um, mm. But other than that, yeah, probably it's all very similar. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about, I'm not sure whether your main referral sources are other specialists or if, if it's social media and maybe you could let us know what the, sort of the average breakdown might be but if, if it is specialists have you been doing anything particular with your referrers at this point in time and I know you're the relationship queen both of you <laughs> but Nicole you seem to be able to connect a lot of people you've been doing anything special with people um, referring to you um yeah this is going to sound weird but like I probably yeah I don't really do a lot in terms of seeking referrals because I feel like I'm just trying to manage just what you've getting got. my head above water yeah. with what I've got. Um, Are they coming from a particular source? Yes, I think so. Like initially when I first started practising, I'd say most of them would have come through the GP's mm. surgeries where I was mm. working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say probably less than 50% come from there now. Um, mm. A lot of them do come. A lot of people just find me through Google for some reason and I don't think okay. I do anything special okay. um, to increase my ranking on google or anything like that um but a lot of people just probably search you know gut health issues or something like that mm-hmm. um and also word of mouth so a lot of like i'll tend to see a lot of family members of my clients or friends of clients and i always ask it's one of the first questions i ask like um you know how did you hear about me or who referred you to me, you know, that sort of thing. So I always yeah. make a note of that. Yeah, and if people um, aren't doing that, they need to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and more and more are coming from Instagram and I think 
before it was probably more Facebook, but now I think it's probably swung a little bit and seems to be more from Instagram okay. wow. as well. Yeah. How about yourself, Melanie? Um, yeah, so I get about 50% through healthcare professionals and 50% through um, like Google, social media, mm-hmm. et cetera. So self-referrals, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I haven't done anything special other than, mm-hmm. like I said, putting on all of our socials and Google and what have you that we are open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the only thing that we've really done. Well, yeah, that's good. What, like you said earlier, the existing systems are working, so it's yeah. not going to change it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's nice to see. I guess one of the big things that I spoke to our, um, our membership team about, so we've got dietitians around Australia and New Zealand um, who I coach, and one of the big things that I said when it got scary at the start is that this doesn't scare me at all because I've already been through financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Like I've been through the hard times and I've mm-hmm. got through it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel prepared to, for most thing, mm-hmm. most scenarios now. Yeah. Um, what makes you feel prepared? Is there things that you've done that allow you to be prepared? Oh, lots of things. But probably the biggest one is um, like a basic business rule is that you should always have six months worth of um, expenses in a savings account, in a liquid savings account that you can cover six months worth. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that in every company, small and large, do not have that. Like it's shocking to me. Well, I was talking to my next door neighbour who's a financial advisor and he was saying the the companies that are... um, that are established businesses are doing well, but the people who are the small businesses who are relying on week to week, they're the ones who are struggling. And so, but even your um, virgins and your rugby league yeah. companies, they they haven't been, mm-hmm. they don't have that in reserve. Like it's yeah. scary. But it's business one hundred and one, exactly. and I learnt the hard way. Yeah. Like I, like I had a really difficult financial period with my business mm-hmm. um, where. Yeah, I won't go into the details, but I learnt my lessons the mm-hmm. hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to really struggle through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I know that that's one of the business rules. Yeah. And, and yeah. I had said that to all of our dietitians that I coach, mm-hmm. but I think it's one of those things that yeah. they go, yeah, yeah and nod yeah, their yeah. head yeah, but yeah, don't exactly. actually do. Yeah. And yeah. now they're all like, yes, okay, I can yes. see that that mm-hmm. is really important. And, yeah. you know, COVID-19, it's not going to be the only, this isn't going to be the only stressful time. Like stressful things will come up again. And even if it's, and the advantage of this is, again, I said this to our dietitians, is that everybody was going through it together. So people were really sympathetic if you said, oh, I'm having a hard time. Whereas if it's just you who's going through a financial problem because you're sick or, you know, you've made a business error or something Mm -hmm. along those lines, Mm -hmm. people don't care. And so they just go, oh, sorry to hear about Mm -hmm. your loss. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have the government giving out handouts just because you're going through your own financial um, crisis. So, yeah, you've got to have those reserves. 
Yeah, when I, I'm coaching dietitians as well, and I would say nine out of 10 of them are not looking at their finances. And I try to get people to do that and they just resist and resist and resist. But it's like the first thing that you have to do is even know what your expenses are. And most people do have no clue. They're just yeah. preying on it. People, people, not numbers. People. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. But if you can't do it yourself, like invest Absolutely. in an accountant, like a good, I've tried three accountants and I'm finally on a really, 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 really good one. Yeah. So I think it's like finding a dentist or a doctor or a hairdresser. You've got to shop around, but invest in an account will make your life a whole lot that's easier. The, that's the thing. Like when you look at the numbers of how many businesses go under um, and to remember that a private practice is a business. And so you can't just treat it like a hobby. And, you know, we've been in a great um, financial economy over the last couple of years. And so a lot of people are kind of riding on the coattails of that, but it, it, it can't always last. And so, you know, you have to remember that if you've got a private practice, you've got a business and you're mm. setting yourself up for a very, in a very vulnerable position if you don't actually treat your private practice as a proper business and which means investing in it accordingly investing Mm. into mentors making sure you've got a good accountant knowing your systems all of those types Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise work for somebody else don't take the risk of going into your own business yeah would you add anything nicole only that like um now I think is kind of the perfect opportunity also to increase your income because um, like I know personally, it's just more flexible in terms of seeing clients at different hours. So like normally I'm limited by the hours of the practice that I work in, whereas, you know, now that I'm doing more telehealth, I can do sort of eight o'clock calls at night if I want to. So you know, if you need to sort of work on really building up that income to get that six months of savings behind you, I actually think it's a good time to be able to do that. And people are starting to really look to focus on their health at the moment. Um, So it's a perfect opportunity. And one last final question. Thanks for being so open and sharing all of your learnings. For me, coming out of COVID-19, there's so many things that I want to keep being an introvert. I just love it. I'm I'm kind of wishing it would stay this way. (laughs) And not having to do hair and makeup and not having to do the travel and all of those have been bonuses for me and means I've got more time to do things, you know, like. I think you're an extroverted introvert. I don't know about that. I'm definitely an introvert. (laughs) Um, so there's lots of things that I want to keep out of this. What are, would there be anything that you'd want to keep doing that you weren't doing before personally or professionally or for the world post-COVID? Well, I actually think a lot of people are going to be really sad when this finishes because I, it's been so nice to see so many families having family time mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, families hanging out together. So although it's been... Like it was scary for a, a bit and, and actually I think my biggest change, I was actually on a, um, a Zoom call last night with Compassion who we partner with uh, for our Mums and Bubs Centre in Tanzania mm-hmm. and they, and so it was a Zoom call with their CEO, um, their new CEO and some of their other larger supporters and they were talking about the repercussions to people in developing countries. And that's where it's really scary. Mm-hmm. So, and 
you don't we don't even hear about it in Australia like mm. I didn't even know the extent so it's actually um the first time in years that the World Health Organization is predicting a massive backslide in terms of um, their their goals of what we've been achieving um, sort of worldwide in health targets. Um, in some countries, they're actually having uh, like if people go outside um, to like they're actually being bashed and so forth with food deliveries because there's so much starving so many people that like talking about living hand to mouth uh, mm. people are in social isolation but if they don't have if they can't go to their job they don't have any savings at all so they're literally yeah. starving again yeah. um, and they can't often get money in because like I said there's a lot of corruption now and particularly with COVID-19 so where the problem is really going to be is in those developing nations and we're going to mm. see massive problems there so mm. I'm kind of starting to think about how our business and myself personally um, can make a bigger commitment to help those who are really in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, for me, like I had already kind of modified my business over the last few years in preparation for my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, this year was always going to be about working from home and having flexible hours and all those types of things. So. Um, yeah, so it probably hasn't impacted the way that I work that much, but it's nice that everybody else had to work from had home. To join well, I've been having yeah. to work from home. So yeah, exactly. it's just kind of made things easier. That's for how me. we feel. We feel like the rest of the world joined us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, they're kind of um, my things going forward. Yeah. And what is happening with your trip? Do you have any updates given ICDs? Uh, uh, well, we've had to cancel. Mm-hmm. it um just because of well they haven't opened international travel yet a but mm-hmm. b and the bigger issue is what is happening in those developing countries like it's just too mm-hmm. dangerous at yeah. the moment mm-hmm. um so yeah we'll have to wait and see when yeah. things change in the developing nations and so even though you know we've got predictions about australia getting back to normal in mm-hmm. quite short relatively short time frames yep. um for developing nations they're actually expecting years worth mm-hmm. of famine and child security issues like child poverty and all of those types of things and so yep. um yeah it's going to be that's where it's they're the people who are really going to suffer from this yeah 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 i think we get to see those really long-term yeah outcomes mm. yeah what about you, Nicole? Um, probably, um, you know, one thing that um, I've, you know, have been probably helping out with a bit more than what I would have otherwise as the students um, at university because the universities are struggling to, you know, get placements and all of that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, maybe I would take one or two a year generally, but I'm doing a couple of rounds this year just to help out more um, and probably also taking more mentees this year as well because, you know, as new grad dietitians start to try and establish themselves and they find themselves struggling to get jobs um, and that sort of thing, 
uh, that's been an area I think I can help. So I've probably taken on more there than what mm -hmm. I would normally do mm -hmm. as well. Um, so that that's going to probably stay, I would say, mm -hmm. um, maybe this year and next year mm -hmm. um, to just be able to help out. Um, and I'm probably going to also um, cross-refer more as well to mental health professionals because working in the gut space, um, it's really highlighted to me more than ever that connection between the gut and the brain and the stress at the moment. And maybe that's why I've got people coming out of the woodwork yeah. um, is that's really so vital. So if we can get the support coming from, you know, that angle also, it's just going to be better. Mm. Um, for the individuals involved. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time today, ladies. But I want to thank you even bigger than that. Like both of you are such supporters to the dietitian community in broadly um, with all of the work that you do with students and coaching and mentoring people. So I just want to say a very big thank you from the dietitian community to both of you for all the work that you so generously do to support our profession. So. Thank you. Because dietitians yeah. are the best. That's right. <laughs> They're awesome and they should be all having successful businesses. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your thoughts during this period and um, look forward to having a coffee with you soon. Likewise, Marie. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Wherever in the world you're tuning in from, if you did enjoy this podcast episode, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review for us. Leaving a review actually means the podcast gets to more dietitians and it can only elevate our profession if we work together. So please hit that review button. Tell us and other people what you thought about this episode. Another way to share your learnings from this episode and keep the conversation going is to take a screenshot of your phone screen, add your message and share it on social media. Don't forget to tag us at Dietitian Connection so we can share it with our following of over 30,000. Tell us what you learned and what future topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to access the show notes, they are available at dietitianconnection.com forward slash podcasts. Dietitian Connection is a global community and we offer free professional development, job opportunities, resources and connections. We're committed to bringing dietitians together so we can create more impact and elevate our profession. And you can easily become a Dietitian Connection member for free by signing up at dietitianconnection.com.